0: doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Thanks for tuning in. Happy weekend. That's my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. I can see him giving the thumbs up to Tim, so all good. To the other Tim, we have two Tims this morning.
2: Two Tims, no waiting.
1: Yes, hey. we, have, we have Tim in studio, who's always with us, engineering the show. I don't even know if that's the right word. Producing the show, I guess, is the right word? Both
3: are the right terms, no worries. Okay. Yeah. okay,
1: and um, we also this morning have our guest, Tim Williams, with Flaherty Insurance. He's going to be talking uh, with us about homeowners and umbrella and auto policies today and how to read those. So we've had Tim on the show before, and we welcome him back. So good morning, Tim. How are you?
2: good. I'm good. Thanks for having me again.
1: You're welcome. Um, Always a pleasure. This is, you know, homeowners and auto and, you know, property and casualty insurance is stuff that for me is like... I know the numbers on the page need to be big, but I don't know all the details. So we just thought it would be helpful to just bring people up to speed on sort of how to read those policies and what their choices are when they're taking out those types of coverages. So so thanks for being here so that you can kind of walk us through those things.
2: Yeah. Um, no, do you no, wanna no, just, no.
1: Do you, not to put you on the spot, but do you wanna just give a minute for, a quick background or contact information, just a little bit about yourself before we start?
2: Sure, I work at Flaherty Insurance. We're um, an independent insurance agency located out of Hanover. Um, Obviously I'm a resident of Marshfield, but so like other insurance agents, we have numerous different carriers we work with and we try and find the the best fit for for the person. You know, I think it's funny when people talk about insurance, they're always comparing their premium, but everyone's circumstance is different. Right, just you know, one carrier might be a great fit for somebody, and and then um, another person would be it wouldn't be a good fit. So it really that, depends on what they have. So yeah, we like, that.
1: That's like someone comparing their life insurance premium on a hundred thousand to their life insurance premium with someone else that's a different age on like two hundred and fifty thousand, right? Yeah,
2: But you know? it happens all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. Well, I'm paying
1: you know this. Why yeah, why am I yeah, this? so. So anyway, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Uh, to prepare for the show, so to, uh, first of all, Kirk, did you get, We so we're all on the same page, did you get? the email from me with um, the information that Tim sent over. We just, Tim pulled an actual homeowner's umbrella and auto policy this morning, um, <coughs> of course, you know, that that we can kind of walk through and, and talk about all the different things. So you you got that, right?
3: Yes, I did. I got the sample declaration pages. Okay, uh,
1: all right, perfect. So um, if you're listening on The So Short today, we are live in studio. We're happy to take questions, 781-837-4900. Kirk is in studio with Tim um, happy to take questions Tim and I are zooming in um, thank goodness for this technology these days um, oh so and,
3: and Tim and Tim I, 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 we have been uh, like two of our cars have been hit uh, <laughs> like in the past in the past six months so I've got all kinds of real life experience uh, recent real life experience that I can uh, I can ask you about
2: <laughs> oh geez you must be on like a bad risk
3: I don't want I just <laughs> oh yeah there, there you go there you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: One of them was hit by a family member, not me. <laughs> one of them was hit by a family member, and the other one was just a, was just a freak little thing, right? And
3: um, yeah, they were both. We uh, yes. So so Tim, yeah. to your question, well, you know, that's, that's a good question because you know I was on the receiving end, you know, on, on both cases. But yeah, I don't know how the insurance company looks at that as far as a risk, right? I mean, if regardless of who gets hit, that 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 whole thing, I don't understand. Like the you know, the,
2: well, it, the, it, it's changed a lot. And it depends on the carrier. Okay. So some of the carriers that are more national riders, they look. They might not, you know, in traditional Massachusetts, they might look at something like um, just your driving points, you know. And if I've been in two accidents at fault, then I'm a higher risk than the person that hasn't been in Oh, accidents. okay. Some people right. look, but they also might, another carrier might look at it and say, Kirk's been in three no-fault accidents. Well, why? Yeah. Is he driving it's, like a jerk and just it, stopping short? Yeah, the person's rear-ending them, you know, yeah. that, you know, so they look at it differently, every carrier, and it's kind of, you know, a unique perspective when they look at it. So That's interesting. That comes you down know.
1: to, that comes down, that comes back to that discussion about what carrier is appropriate for you. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. All right. So I, can we start with home, with home yeah. insurance? Yep. Only because, you know, I'm the type of personality where I put together an outline and like, this is my plan and we're sticking to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, so
1: So yeah, I didn't know where to start there, Tim. You had sent, of course, a policy and I wanted to walk through a policy so people can start to understand some of the numbers and the language if they want to quickly pull out their policy and just kind of follow along. But you also mentioned, you also sent a document that explained the different types of perils and broad and all that stuff. So where do you start when you're talking to your clients about uh, homeowners insurance in particular? So
2: we're going to start with like the general stuff up top that, you know, it's pretty common sense, but. It's just something that you have to check right away. And that's check the effective dates, see what the policy period is. Is it a 12 month policy? Some yeah. do six months, not a lot, but oh. check your effective dates, make sure they match and up to what you want. Um, named insured. So pretty common sense for us, but you know, who is the named insured on the policy? Is it the deed? What's the deed say? Is it owned by a trust? Is it owned by the individual? Hmm. You know, do you need to add both?
1: Oh, um, actually on that, Yep. Does it have? To, does the name on your policy have to match the name on the deed?
2: Usually, some, I'll add both both people on there. So someone might say, "Well, I'm the only one on the mortgage," you know, as a spouse, you know. Okay. But like, so usually, I'll name both people that are on the deed onto the named insured. So you just want to have the named insured the two people that own that property. Right, you know? okay. Sometimes it, yeah, you gotta add a trust because the trust is also on there.
1: So that actually brings up a good point because Kirk and I put our home in trust just cause like we have young kids and no. all that. We did all that estate planning, but I don't know. if, But like, so we would want to make sure that our names and the name of the trust were on. Yeah, you would just house.
2: add a trust endorsement to uh, that, you know, and okay. just make sure that the, the trust is also named as, as, as on there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: okay, so interesting. Okay. That's just kind of the standard part. Then we usually start with just the dwelling the dwelling is coverage a um and the first thing we do with the dwelling is just kind of make sure we we go through as insurance agents we go through what they call an msb which is a marshall swift beck cost replacement calculator okay so it just basically is a big software program that that takes the square footage of the house we add in you know what types of um windows it has how old the roof is what the basement is how big it is and it calculates a cost to replace that hole. Okay. So, so I,
1: Sorry to interrupt. And so I was just like imagining that that software that you guys use is updated, like real time as with cost of wood, for example, like as I understand it being significantly higher than, you know, last year's stuff like that. Yeah,
2: it gets updated periodically. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into a little bit about some of the things that are added on to dwelling. We'll talk about that in a minute. But okay how to protect yourself from, you know, well, maybe it was undervalued. There's some things that get tied into the dwelling. We'll we'll touch on those in a second. So So it's not,
1: yeah. Go so, ahead. like, you're, what you're saying is like when you are covering someone, for example, if they just purchased a house or they're yeah. about to purchase this house, and you're writing the policy, so the dwelling coverage that they're purchasing isn't necessarily like the exact same number
2: as what they just purchased the property. For. Right. Because the market value is going to be completely different than the replacement okay. cost value. Yeah. People start to understand that because I'm saying we're not insuring your land.
1: Right. Right. The land
2: isn't going away.
1: Right, and the land but,
2: has some house would, yeah. you know, okay. so people have to understand like, you know, if it's just a thousand square foot house, but maybe the house you bought it for 400,000 or 500,000, that's gonna be a different number than what you paid for it. Right.
1: And so which,
2: right. we kind of go through that and figure out what that dwelling cost is. Okay. So then from there, there are a couple of different options inside the dwelling of what they call extended replacement cost, okay? And you have these options of having Twenty-five percent extended replacement costs, fifty percent extended replacement cost, and then guaranteed replacement costs. Okay. So I get this question a lot. Well, what happens? you know, I say what happens if a cat five comes into Marshfield and wipes out half the town and now labor and materials goes through the roof. Right. And you can't rebuild your house for five hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. Well, you may have twenty five percent extended replacement costs. That would give you twenty-five percent of your coverage A. So 25% you'd have additional,
1: more so you'd have like 125 yeah. percent of
2: that number right so you would have a little bit more to replace that cost guaranteed means no matter what they're going to rebuild that house and then how much it costs oh, okay. a lot of insurance companies don't write those anymore some still do but when you get into places like newton or you know robin where they have these big brick you know style homes yeah super expensive to replace so yeah. they. yeah Know, guaranteed replacement cost just means they're going to replace the, the exact same, like, kind of quality that you have.
1: That's like, um, that's like lifetime long term care insurance coverage, which you can't buy anymore because, right? It's right. It's like, they I, have
2: it, yeah you, know, but, yeah. you know, usually you'll see 25 or 50 percent, you know, extended replacement cost on the dwellings.
3: Okay, that, t- so. T- Tim. So, like, yeah. I'm looking at, um I actually, I'm looking at our personal one just because that's one that I had I printed out. Yeah. So, like, where would where would that extended coverage with that show where would that show up? You know, on your policy. Usually,
2: it's going to be down under the policy forms and endorsements. You might see oh. something down there. Depending on the carrier, it could be a package endorsement. Okay. So it might have some bell and whistle name to it, like you know the Home homeowners
1: homeowners plus endorsement. Doesn't yeah, happen. it could be
2: that. You know, depending on the carrier.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have a percentage, but... uh, Which character is it? I can
2: tell you whether it's on there or not.
1: Cincinnati.
2: Cincinnati Insurance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they they would probably have that on there. Um, It's probably included in there.
1: Is it also like if you bought, like if you bought an older home, um, that would be more expensive to rebuild than it's currently valued at because if it's really old and needs work, is that something that is to be considered whether or not you purchase this additional coverage or?
2: You yeah, I, well that gets into a couple of different things. We'll tie in now since you asked the question. Okay. Um, so certainly the, the style of the home, gets rated into the premium factor of how these insurance companies look at it. Okay. So the older the home, it may give you not as, you know, it has more propensity for claims for certain things. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the other piece that's tied into that is called ordinance or law coverage. So typically on an older home, you would want to have more ordinance of law coverage. And I'll we'll get into what that is in a second. Your standard policies, Allow for ten percent coverage of your dwelling A for upgrades and things that for building codes or a town ordinance. If you have an older home, you know the standards in the building codes. You didn't have to have two by four walls or two by six walls and hurricane impact glass when you're near the water, okay, you know, or whatever the case is. So now, if you have an older home that you know was two, you know, twenty four inches on center studs, and that you have a fire in the bottom of the building, but now it has to be rebuilt. They may say there's $200,000 worth of upgrades you got to do for the, for the new yeah. building. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you want right. to make sure you have your ordinance law coverage match kind of what you think you need.
1: I also was wondering if like insurance companies, do they, they probably tread really lightly here because they clearly don't want someone to like purchase an older home and they have, more coverage on the home than it's really worth. And then like, oops, there was a fire, right? I mean, are they, is that, I would imagine that they're a little bit careful about that type of thing.
2: Yeah, they I mean, already,
1: a, of course they have investigators and stuff like that. that yeah, know, I
2: mean, but that's the, that's the purpose it. of, you know, when yeah. you purchase a home insurance policy, usually there's an inspection done within 30 days. Yeah. Uh, where they're coming out and taking photographs of your house, okay, they yeah. also may have you an insured take inside photos or they may come in during COVID. It's completely different now. Okay. But they'll kind of come in and, and do their own replacement cost after the uh, inspection. Okay. Just make sure it matches up to what the insured put in. Yeah. But also to make sure your house is, you know, upkept, you know, because you know, your, your insurance policy doesn't cover your wear and tear damage or your basic maintenance things. Okay. You know, um, or, you know something that's just run down then you want to put a claim in no, you did not keep it okay yeah so.
3: i re- I remember years ago on a on a on another house that we owned before before this one and and they said something about the roof really you know should need some attention and and so we did you know we you know had it reshingled or and and whatever but so could they i mean can an insurance company drop you if if you don't do something you know that's that's prescribed like that? Yeah, so
2: they can come in on an inspection, and the inspection may have some major, some of the things they might say minor, you know, or major. So they may come in and say, "Yeah, you've got an issue with your roof. We need this fixed within, you know, forty-five days from the date of this letter, with proof with a with a photo, or we're going to cancel you." Mm-hmm. So they may drop you, and, and if you if you don't remedy that situation, or they may say we want a letter from a roofing contractor that your roof is of sound, mm. you know, are you,
1: re- are you required by like state law to carry homeowners policy? I know you are for auto, right? But
2: you don't have to, you don't have to carry a policy if you don't want to. I know. There's oh. some, you know I've never some, met
1: anyone that didn't, but well,
2: are a few people that I have. They're just really? affluent, very affluent. And just, yeah. Okay. You know what? Burns down. It burns down. I've got, you know, more money than I need, but yeah. It's okay. very rare. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, you're getting so much protection for such a small amount of premium. Yeah. Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't insure it. But okay. in I cases just took, where yeah. you know I just came across one the other month where the person is saying, I don't have homeowners' insurance. What? You know, so, yeah. So, I have uh, usually if there's a lender, you know, obviously there's gotta be coverage. You know, the lender's not gonna jump on us something without like mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. all right
1: so the amount of it so the dwelling amount on this is section one or section a this yeah it's covered J
2: it's just covered a, okay you, you figure out what that dwelling is going to be you know most policies are on replacement cost these days it's very rare to have actual cash value so there's a difference between actual cash value and replacement cost so actual cash value may be the depreciation so well, yeah, oh. you you know, it's 50 years old it's not the same so now you get replacement costs it's going to take what today's standards is to do that and it okay. same thing with contents we'll get into that later about like what the difference is between the two and why you want to have that
1: and this is like a really good reason for well i know that a homeowner's policies generally are 12 months as you said right yeah. but it's this is a this is a good reason why it's probably prudent to take a look at this number once a year because the cost to build You know, has increased over time, right? And you want to make sure—at least—ask your insurance professional and make sure that that dwelling cost is still the actual cost to rebuild your home. Because if you have the same number for five to ten years um Likely something to revisit. Or, I guess, on that note, Tim, does that number adjust upward annually, uh, like automatically, or is the insurance agent really responsible for having that
2: conversation? There are some some carriers will put on a, a you know inflation guard where it'll automatically increase, okay, by a certain percentage each year. So you might yeah. see it sort of go up three percent every year or four percent. Yeah, keep there. But on the other side if you haven't reviewed your policy in 20 years, that thing may have gotten so out of whack that you're yeah. overinsured.
3: Yeah. So sometimes
2: we see that too. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're insured for $500 a square foot. I mean, around here, that's a lot for okay. construction, you know? So it can work both ways. You can end up underinsured or you could be completely overinsured. But generally there's things that every year you should just reach out to your insurance agent, You know, check on the coverage amounts, see yeah. if you need to change anything. Or, you know, we, if we don't reach out and all of a sudden they have an addition they didn't tell us about. Yeah. Oops. You know, now you got a whole different scenario. So
1: if I, if I, if I use myself as an example, like I, how many of your, that's the type of thing. And I'm even like pseudo, like in the, you know, I'm in the business, not in the insurance business, but what I'm saying is that's the type of thing that I feel like it just, most people just probably like you know, it just auto renews once a year and they don't really even look at it. So how active yeah. are you like with your clients in terms of picking up? Like, do you guys send a cover letter? That's like, Hey, you know, this, yeah,
2: we, we're, we're look- always trying yeah. to reach out like, yeah. at the renewal to talk to them. Has anything changed? Is there anything that, you know, we need to know about? We'll send out letters. Yeah. we we'll try and reach out, you know, if something drastically changed, we're definitely going to call them. But yeah, we always try and find out.
0: Yeah. You know, is there yeah.
2: something that, we need to know about you know, right like, what did you change what haven't you changed you know? yeah and there's a lot that goes on you should be talking to the insurance agent all the time oh you know, if it, you get a dog you know that's oh. happening a lot mm-hmm. you know, oh my god that gosh. kind of stuff so it's, it's, it's all in there so that's your dwelling kind of piece of it okay the next step really on this is the next letter so speak on your policy is coverage b which is other structures okay so typically other structures is anything that's not attached to your house. So this could be a shed, it could be a fence, it could be yep. a light post. These are all are a barn. Anything that's detached garage. These are all considered other structures. Most cases it's most insurance companies will do ten percent of the dwelling amount. Okay. As your other structures. So most people say, oh, well, I don't need, you know. Sixty thousand yeah, yeah. dollars for my structures, for my shed. Some companies okay. will let you adjust it, but technically, okay. it's just a percentage of the of the dwelling, and that's what you get.
3: I was gonna say yeah. that's that's a nice that's a nice light post, yeah. I
1: was thinking the same thing. That would be a really nice lamp post. Yeah,
2: like like one of the nor'easters, I had a tree fall in my shed, and it didn't do anything to the shed. I was kind of upset.
1: <laughs> uh, shed. You uh, wanted a new shed. Sure,
2: you know I'm like, I am like could have used a new shed. Nothing happened to it. So, yeah. typically, okay. other structures is just it's pretty basic. It doesn't get into, but the other times though, if you have a detached garage, or then law on it.
1: Okay, you go up. Uh, hold that, hold that thought for a minute, Tim, because <laughs> I, I want to get into that, and Kirk and I have you know some examples to share too, but. We just have to take a a break. We're going to come right back. Uh, You're listening to McNamara on Money. We're talking this morning with Tim Williams of Flaherty Insurance. We're talking about how to read and understand your homeowner's insurance policy. We're going to get into auto, and we're also going to get into umbrella this morning, assuming we have time for all that, which I have confidence that we will. And we're back, you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm joined this morning by my husband, and business partner, Kirk Reed. Good morning. Morning. This is always the first time we say good morning to each other on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, and we're also joined this morning by Tim Williams of Flaherty Insurance. Tim is a property and casualty insurance specialist. Can I call you that? I. Sure that Works for you. Works for <laughs> you. Okay. Um, and we're talking this morning about how to read your homeowner's umbrella and auto insurance policies. Thanks for being here, Tim. Good morning again.
2: Thank it you.
1: looks to me like is your website FlahertyInsurance.com? It is. All righty. Um, so that's how you can reach Tim if you have any questions uh, after today's show or of course we're live in studio this morning 781-837-4900 if you want to ask some questions on the air. All right we were talking about homeowners and I feel like there's like several pages to the homeowners policy and we're only on the second line so (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll get moving so that we can get to auto and and umbrella as well but um, you were just mentioning you know the other structures line item which yeah so we
2: talked about dwelling and then we went into other structures which are or anything that's not really attached to the house could be a barn could be a detached garage fence so you just want to make sure that coverage matches up to what you have you know so it's
3: pretty pretty straightforward would a uh would a, would a pool go into that category
2: not personally, well, a pool like a cabana you know usually there's stuff attached to the to the pool that you'd want to calculate into there okay so, You'd want to tie some of that into that. Okay. What about a deck?
1: That's that's attached to the home, right? So that's yeah.
2: The deck's going to be part of the home, so that's usually not. um, Yeah, because it's.
1: I just remember from our you know CFP studies, it was like, is it fixed to the home or not? That's what determines what was other structures versus yeah. Yeah. Dwelling, right. Yeah. Although I don't know, a fence is generally attached to your home at one point, right? So that was always confusing to me. It uh, could be,
2: could be. Yeah. You look at end, that, you know.
1: The end post is sometimes fixed to your home, right? If it's, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Okay. Where do you want to go from here? So,
2: so, so right after other structures, you get into personal property. You know, when we talk about this to, for the people outside to understand what this means. It's your contents. Yeah. The classic example we use is take a dollhouse, imagine having an imaginary dollhouse, turn it upside down and shake it. Everything that falls out of that would be contents. Yeah. So typically most policies will just, as these endorsements or packages, they boost up the contents level, usually to 70% of your dwelling or 50% of your dwelling. So you usually get a very robust amount Coverage for heard, your contents. You know, I feel like
1: ours is high, and I'm looking at that thinking, you know, our furniture is not like that nice. <laughs> That's a lot. But
2: yeah, it is a lot. But then, when you really, if you really had a total disaster, yeah, you know, and, and you, you know, you watch these claims adjusters go through and what they've got to inventory and. and and take down, you'd be amazed at how much you accumulate.
1: That's true, but I guess like when you add up all the clothes for everyone in the house and shoes and like dishes and silverware and all that oh, stuff really adds appliances up appliances like washer yeah. dryer, yeah. So it's like a lot. That. It's yeah. a lot.
2: You yeah. know, it, it it adds up quick. Generally, you know, it's something that you don't want to, you know, mess with too much. You know, make sure you have enough there. Tied into this usually is replacement cost of contents. Almost almost all the time you'll see insurance agencies add this to your policy, so it's not actual cash value. But what that means is okay. if you paid three thousand dollars for your leather couch or whatever kind of couch you have, and now it's eight years old and it's only worth five hundred bucks, you don't want to be getting a check for five hundred dollars. Right. you want to be able to get replace that couch for what you paid for it at that time. right? So usually you'll see replacement costs or your contents. So it's just something that. It,
1: and so do you generally recommend that like personal property, like that number should be what, at least as half as much as your dwelling or something like that? What's the percentage that you- Yeah, t- it's
2: a conversation that we usually have with somebody and you know, you wanna make sure that there's enough there. You know, um, you know, some people will push back a little bit, but generally yeah, 50% of the dwelling is more than enough or even okay. 70, you know, it just, it just depends okay. on the person's appetite for risk, but you know, generally it's not an issue, you know, okay. I don't see a lot of people push back on. So yeah. um, right below that is loss of use. So loss of use is coverage D. Yeah. This is is, um, I'll use an example. Let's say I have a, a kitchen fire, you know, and now the building inspector comes out to my house and says, you can't live here, it's unsafe. You know, you need to move out for three months. Well, now I can't use my home. So now you can tap into that loss of use to go rent Somewhere else, or maybe you stay at a hotel for two months. Whatever it is, okay. that money's there to tap into to go live elsewhere, you know. And maybe you're eating out all the time. You normally spend two hundred dollars in groceries. Now you're you can get the difference between the two. So, and I is don't that things you'll get with loss of use? So,
3: is there that you have, I was just going to ask. So, like, yeah. So if that happened, and you had to go rent. You had to go, you know, rent an apartment or whatever. Um, is that so? You, as the policy owner, if you, if you put in a claim, um, you're going to have to pay the deductible for that.
2: Yeah, there's going to be a deductible. We'll get into deductibles in a minute because okay. I think that's a okay a key topic, and we're also going to talk about claims with homeownership. homeownership and okay. when to put in a claim, when not to, and we're okay uh, manage your claims and all of that. You guys mm-hmm. are tied into this well. So, so, and it,
1: under, oh. so looking at our policy, Kirk. So under loss of use, there's not a dollar amount. Right. Is
2: that
3: just, it just y- yeah. So. Yeah, Tim, Tim, ours just, ours says actual loss. Can you explain what that means?
2: Yeah, so some companies won't limit you, they'll just say your actual loss. So if you're out, you know, and and Cincinnati's a really good insurance company, by the way. Oh, okay. So so props. Okay. Um, So they they might just say, you know, the actual loss sustained. So if it's determined you're out of your house for a year, they're gonna pay for lip to let you live somewhere else. So it's fixed.
1: So I'm imagining it's like a comparable property. Like they're not, yeah, gonna,
2: you know, they're not going to give you the Taj Mahal. The, so you,
1: you know, know, ten thousand square foot mansion <laughs> for a year, but it's going to be right, like, you can't go to yeah,
2: and yeah. hang out for a year. Like, yeah, right?
1: I'd be like, oh, it's not done yet. We're going to stay here on the on the beach.
2: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes you'll see actual loss sustained versus a dollar amount. Okay, um, both are usually pretty reasonable. So it's not something that. Yeah, like looking
1: looking at the policy that you uh, sent us, for example, yep. um, the loss of use on this example policy does have a number to it, but it's a pretty big number. Yep. And I'm imagining like certainly if someone had to rent a house for, you know, a year or whatever, a year and a half to rebuild, that certainly looks like a very sufficient amount of money. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, the last thing you're perhaps that's intentional like you, you know if you lose your home in a fire for example that, that's enough stress right you don't have to have to worry right. about where am I going to live and can I afford it and you know right, all that right, stuff so
2: yeah right. so that's good. that's part of why it's there so yeah you know the next piece is generally personal liability
1: okay so
2: this number varies a lot for agents. like I see a lot of agents keep this low and I don't understand why okay um, so personal liability is basically this is the, the piece that isn't you got lost to property it's a dog bites somebody and they decide to put in a claim on your insurance to get some money yeah or you know i hit i hit kirk out of the golf course and loses his eye most assuredly i have defense costs there and i have this liability on my homeowners policy that follows us around to protect us from that so
1: So this one always this always confused me a little bit so the liability coverage—I guess—correct me if I'm wrong—but the liability coverage you just said it follows you around, so it's not necessarily related to something that happens in your home or on your property, right? Right. It, 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 like you just said, I, I'm out on the golf course and I, you know, hit a ball and the golf ball into someone's eye or something like that. Right. So it's it protects you against any
2: lawsuit. Pretty, Pretty much. Right? I mean, you, you know, within reason. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't. Commit you know, uh, have a felony and, you know. Right, okay, Okay, fine, fair Those types of things aren't going to be covered, but you're on the beach and you poke somebody with an umbrella or your umbrella flies off, you know, those types of things. Going to be coming up. Another good one is like you're out antiquing with Kirk in Vermont, and you're not going
3: Oh, that sounds out.
2: like us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to throw that out there. I know Kirk loves to do that. So, but, but
3: the, the, you the, know, if you the, knocked over
2: the, really something expensive, the store I'm like, antique oh, antique okay.
1: cars maybe, but that's probably about it. Yeah, yeah,
3: the, yeah. the golf one is more likely. We'll to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait, so. so what's the what's the example? If we're out antiquing, what happens to us?
2: <laughs> well, you knock over that ten thousand dollar, you know, oh, okay. piece, okay. And, and smashes on the floor. The store owner is like, "Hey, you're not going to leave without, uh, you know, so."
0: Oh my gosh! Okay, you know, okay. so, so that's we'll...
2: the type of stuff that's on personal liability. Now, for for policies that you know, if you're not getting an umbrella, you know, generally five hundred thousand is available. You can go to a million. The cost difference is very minimal. What okay. I mean that is like maybe fourteen dollars a year. Wow, half yeah. a million to a million. So worth but it. To bump it's it up it's definitely worth it on that side. You know, and then it's just, so always just have that that higher amount if you can, you know, ask for it. I mean, you don't want to just throw a number out there, anymore.
1: So that number, in your opinion, should be at least a half a million, if not At least
2: a if you're not having an umbrella, you know. Okay. It, it okay. Generally, I mean, I might even do a million because I usually I can find ways to save you money to, you know. Yeah. With, for, I mean, for, $15, I mean, just, for $15 a year, certainly. Yeah, works. it's crazy. There, so it's just
3: something you don't know, okay. Uh, so, you're saying so, Tim, you were saying some somewhere between 500,000 and a million that's kind of a, a that's kind of a normal number, or well,
2: I wouldn't say it's normal, Kirk, because I see a lot of policies have 300,000, okay, like, on my desk, or 100. I'm not saying like for me, I don't usually go below 500 for that reason, okay. You know, I, I won't quote something for 300, but you know, they're out there, you know, whether it be a Liberty or another policy, whatever the carrier is you know, some just have standard amounts. It's something you want to check on and just look at your personal liability and make sure you've got the proper amount there. Okay. You know, so,
1: so, so under the, can I just ask a question on that? Yeah. So under yeah. our policy for example, so, so the example policy you sent just has coverage E personal liability and it has a number. Half, yeah. half So on our policy, uh, our section E says personal liability and then it's like bodily injury, personal, it, there, it says, there's one line that says each occurrence, and then there's another line that says aggregate, but it's the same number. So does that mean it would only cover one situation up to that number, Jimmy?
2: If it's having bodily injury, and then you have another number that's aggregate, you could have a couple of different claims that year.
1: They're actually the same number, though, so I'm thinking... Right, but I'm just
2: saying you could have bodily injury up to 500000 but the most they're going to pay is an aggregate. Yeah,
1: in one year. Okay.
2: 500000 so yeah. maybe there's a couple of different claims that they put on there. Mm-hmm. So you know, another piece to this liability side is personal injury, and okay. it's usually a rider on the endorsement and the forms. Okay. So personal injury is—it's um, not what you think it is. It's more um, slander or libel. You know, if um, if I go on to a local Facebook site and this, and trash a local business, which I would never do, but <laughs> yeah. But,
1: Happens all the time. I feel like. Happens
2: all the time. I mean, it's very hard for business to prove libel or slander, but that's what personal injury is. And that's why you'd want to have, you know, that kind of coverage on there. It's a very gray area and, you know, I don't know how many insurance companies would pay out certain things, but you know, with teams on social media and different things like that, it's good to have.
1: Okay. So actually that brings up a good point. So like, if you're like, if you have three kids, so does your home does this liability coverage on your homeowner's policy cover a lawsuit initiated by something that one of your kids done has done even though
2: course... yeah as long as they're considered a household member okay. you know, which is they're going to be covered under your policy okay and that usually applies for you know a student away you know in college for a little while you know or, okay but there's certain things that it would not you know you're not going to be able to just um, you know they have to do living these, basically so yeah you know,
1: and be like a de- dependent yeah. of yours, legal dependent, of course. Okay. And, I,
3: and, I think, and I think you just said this Tim, about about being a student away or whatever, but so basically this this coverage co- covers you or follows you uh, wherever you are. It d- doesn't just have to happen on your property.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, and that's, it's, 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 it's an important piece, you know, because it's such a, it's such a big piece when you get into liability, you know, and, and, and there some policies, when you get in these coastal policies, a lot of them used to exclude Uh, host liquor liability. Um, And that gets into big things when you're, you know, you got a place down the beach and you might be hosting a party, serve somebody, you know, a drink. They leave in their auto and they kill somebody with their auto. Then there's no coverage there.
1: You said some companies exclude. Some
2: companies have a problem with that, but you got to fix that. So it's just not something that's, um, that's it. It's pretty standard, but it, it's usually not excluded by most companies, but there are a few out there that don't have it. So we'll tie into that later with umbrellas. and... Okay. Know, is that and and So,
1: but is for someone listening, is that something that you would know by looking at your policy?
2: Or? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You never know, <laughs> know. I mean, and I don't expect yeah. them to know that. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. up to your agent, you know, to, and you know, have a good conversation with your agent, ask these types of questions. You know, what am I calling for? You know, and you're not covered for things like, you know, if you don't tell me you're, you're running an Airbnb in your house, we may have a problem with your homeowner's policy.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I mean, happen- those are
2: things we have to ask. And like, uh, you can only ask so many questions and document it. But Airbnb, you're basically running a hotel. You, you need a commercial policy. And mm. that is so it out all so the time. common right now. So it's common. It's super common, you know, and it's not something that's covered on your home insurance because they don't consider it. You're running a business at that point. It's not a personal Yeah.
1: So do you have to have a separate commercial policy if you are renting out your
2: home? Typically, uh, in in places like Airbnb, too, you know, you got to dive into that policy a little bit. You know, they'll have some coverage for you on the Airbnb. Yeah. People think they're all set. Uh, But it might exclude things like sexual assault or puts a cap nationwide aggregate on there. So, uh, yeah, you want your own policy to dovetail what they have so that you're covered when you're doing things like Airbnb, whole side point, but that's kind of- that,
1: But that's a good point because it's yeah. totally separate from your homeowner's policy. Right. Right? Right. So like, for example, if someone doesn't have a commercial policy, they just they just started, you know, renting out their home on Airbnb, and you know somebody gets injured on their property like does their homeowners liability insurance cover that or no because really they should have had a commercial property
2: right Uh, yeah we get that question a lot when you're dealing with homeowners and it's um if you're consistently on airbnb probably not Mm -hmm. you know some policies will let you rent your place out for up to 16 weeks some places will only let you do 12 weeks some will let you do it on a vrbo as long as it's you know weekly or it's only four tenants a year, but if you're renting it out on a nightly basis, probably not. You know they're not gonna. Yeah, it's just the risk is too high from a liability standpoint. And they don't want to dive into that.
3: So okay. if, so if you so if it's your if it's your primary residence, but you do rent it out, say you know peri- periodically or, or or enough to warrant this this commercial policy. Do you then have? two policies, like a, you know, a, a regular, you know, what, I guess a normal one and then a commercial one or, or do you yeah, just have usually one? usually the
2: commercial one is just going to take over the entire thing. Uh, you're not living there anymore. You're basically just renting it out all the time.
3: Okay. Yeah, even if you so are more still, more li- more even if you do live there. Uh,
2: yeah. And sometimes even if you do live there, you would probably end up on the commercial side. Okay. renting it out so much that it's just considered... They're more of a business okay yeah but, okay. Know, some policies will tie into there you can do bed and breakfast and that's a whole unique situation and you know different type of policy right? mm-hmm. you know, if we could have that there
1: so yeah. <laughs> sorry about all the noise in the background no, here that's on that. Okay. so actually not to harp on this because yeah. I know we didn't really even think we we're gonna get into this but like say for example someone is buying a second property a beach yeah. house or a ski condo or whatever yeah. and they of course are going to have their traditional homeowners policy on that but what if they're like you know, I might rent this out for a few weeks, you know, here and there. So, are, so they do they need a traditional homeowner's policy and then a commercial policy?
2: Well, it depends on how they're renting it out. If oh, okay. The questions and conversations we have. If it's okay. truly a rental, it may end up what they call like a dwelling fire policy, okay, and not a homeowner's policy. Depends on how many weeks whatever. Yeah, or for. yeah,
1: I guess. Long story short is that if you have a property that you're renting out, even.
2: Have a conversation have with Have a
1: conversation agent. with your insurance yeah, sure. agent. Okay. Yeah. You know, and
2: let them know, be honest. You know, let them know. Because, you know, the underwriters insurance companies, it's very easy to find things today. You know, I mean, I can just Google up the property and you're going to find out what that person's been doing. So be honest with your agent, tell them what you're doing, and they'll, they'll find you the coverage. You know, yeah. um, there's no reason to be sneaky about it. Because, you know, like I said, everything, today's day and age, all the underwriters insurance companies, they'll, they can just pull up satellite images of your house. They can see things, yeah, you know, I they, they find things quick. You know, so they, you can't them.
1: I, I remember hearing about this, we had a conversation. I don't remember if it was with you or with another insurance professional, but we were talking about like trampolines yep. and, and how, you know, homeowners, uh, you know, tend to maybe not tell their insurance agent that they have a trampoline. And, yep. and, and, and I don't know if it was you or somebody was saying that, well, you know, Google, or so he can be quite helpful in that regard, and these yeah. know if you have a trampoline. And yeah, they'll
2: they'll, they'll pull up all that yeah. stuff. They can see it pretty easily. You know, they have you know the programs like Google Earth or Bird's Eye, whatever it is. They're yeah pull up those images. They can see something there, and it's usually they're not an issue anymore. Okay. You know, we can find carriers that cover trampolines. You so just need to yeah. know about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's yeah. not something that needs to be hidden on there.
3: Yeah, yeah. and like you mentioned earlier about like the um. You know the the premium associated with certain things. When when you look at it from a leverage point of view, uh, usually it's usually it's a, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you know people think it's, it might cost you know you know a, a, a big amount, but when you when you compare it to what the what the claim might be or what you know what the what the liability might be, it's right. you know it, it often makes sense to just just pay it, <laughs> and it's it's usually not a big big dollar amount.
0: Yeah, it
2: usually isn't. It's, yeah. and you can always find carrier that's going to cover what
1: you need yeah and i I remember when kirk and i put in the pool it was four or five years ago and i was like kind of nervous too i knew i had to call the insurance person and and tell them that we're and i didn't know if it you know our premium was going to go way up or whatever and it really didn't um you know you know i don't remember what happened exactly but i don't know if it really much affected the premium it was just kind of sort of noted or whatever on the policy yeah
0: you
2: know pools get interesting in the some places won't like it if it's a certain size diving board. Or
1: yeah. Deep yeah. end
2: is a certain depth for diving rocks or yeah things they look at, you know, when they when they tie into that kind of thing. So,
1: yeah. So, what are some of the things that people might not necessarily think of to tell their insurance uh, person? You know, like well, I think pool. Probably most people would know that if they put in a pool, they would have to tell.
2: But yeah, pool. You know, the, the standard risks that you want to know about. You know, certainly pools, diving boards, slides, diving rocks. Yeah. You know, um, Dobermans. You know if we, we have any weapons, guns. Oh, okay. Yep. You know, it's pretty standard. Um, yeah. Dogs for sure. Yeah. We want to know about dogs because they're a huge liability. Most of them are just the, they're more fearful of a dog with a. A big bite, or it's a heavier set dog. Yeah. And a smaller dog that may be aggressive. But, you know, those claims pop up all the time.
1: Like, do you think our 10 pound chihuahua is like a high risk crush? <laughs>
2: it, it's definitely vicious. You know, you don't eat chihuahua. We should
1: probably tell our insurance person
2: anyway. It's but. all. No, it's good to know. I mean, dog, you, know, you want the dog liability there. Um, She's all so, bark. Yeah, dogs are always, you need to know about. Um, you know, so we talked about pools, trampolines for sure. You know, a business. If you've run a business out of your house, oh, wow. know you're running a business. You know, because usually business equipment and stuff like that is limited on your policies. So that's, you can,
1: that's is that different for like a lot of people are work from home right now, but they're but someone yeah. just working from home.
2: Yeah, it's different than that. But you know, they're they really worried more about foot traffic. Okay, if okay. You have a business where you're coming in and out of that house that's a different mm. liability. So they yeah. just want to. you know, that's something that we need to know all about. Okay. Um, you know, other than that, it's, and then when you're talking the underwriting things, it's just, it's good to tell the agent if you've done updates on things. You know, how old did you replace the heating system? Oh. You know, cause these things give you credits. So if you put on a new roof, tell your insurance agent. Oh, mm-hmm. We just did that. So these things give you massive credits. All okay. right. You know, in some cases, big credits for your premium because you have a brand new roof. Maybe you have a brand new heating system, you know, new hot water, or you upgraded the wiring, or did something like that. Those are things that are great to know and, and tell your agent, you okay. forget, you know, let will try and call you and, and talk to you about it, but it's yeah. good to reach out and say, hey, just want to let you know, you know i put on a new
3: roof or you know did this and that so tim i had a question about like um you know you mentioned like foot traffic so say you had like a like a contractor or somebody you know in your house doing a project and i and i know a lot of times you know they you know they always tout you know that you know they're insured and you know these things but how does that work like if something like like if they get hurt say they get hurt you know while they're in in your house you know doing something how does that how does that work if they if they are insured or not insured or whatever
2: yeah, I mean, if they could still try and come after your policy because they got hurt on your property, you mm-hmm. know, and that's generally why when you're dealing with a contractor or somebody in your house, you want to ask for that insurance certificate and be named on his policy as an insured hmm. so that it will go to their insurance first and not yours. Okay.
1: Wait, we, I'm sorry, what did you just say? We want to be named on the policy.
2: Yeah, you can be named as an additional insured. Um, so you want to just say, hey, you know, uh, Joe Construction. Um, I want to be named on there as an additional insured. So you might want to oh, um, let just find out, you know, and it's always good ask for those policies. There's a reason why when you hire somebody, they have insurance. You want to get those insurance certificates One to see if they're in force. And then okay. once you're a holder of that, that insurance agency is going to notify you if something happens to that policy. Mm. This is the part everyone forgets. So uh-huh. if someone financially struggles and they lapse that policy, it's up to us, as like Flaherty Insurance, to call Alyssa Reed and say, "Hey, by the way, your contractor's insurance just expired."
1: And you're only getting that call if you were a named
2: person. A certificate holder, or you're on there as an additional insurance. So it's always good to, yeah, that's great if he tells you he has it, but you want to make sure you have that interesting certificate you into there. So yeah, I would
1: yeah. never think of that. I would never think to. No, yeah, it's
2: just good yeah. to just call your agent. You know, it's always good to call your agent when you're doing it. They'll give you that kind of advice. So okay. if you're hiring somebody or doing something, some type of work to your property, call us and or call your agent and get that. Yeah. A, they'll give you that advice so you can get that squared away. Okay.
1: Um, we, Tim, we got to take a, we have to <coughs> pause. Um, we're just going to take a quick break. You're listening to McNamara on money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. i um, joined this morning by Kirk Reed, my husband and business partner. And we're also joined this morning by Tim Williams, Clarity Insurance, uh, property and casualty insurance uh, uh, extraordinaire. And we're talking about how to read your policies and things that you can do and what to know about your auto home and umbrella. So we are taking a quick break from to come, and we'll be right back.